Every day, the United Kingdom spends two and a half million pounds on coffee. Yet, people can balk at the idea of paying pennies for a game. Professor Kelvin Harris and his lab assistant Brian are on a mission to bring you interesting and exciting games for less than the price of a latte. So stay away from Starbucks and nix that trip to Cafe Nero. This is Cost of a Coffee. Hello. I'm Professor Calvin Harris, and this is my lab assistant, Brian. Hello. Now, this is the Cost of a Coffee podcast, where we identify mobile games that cost you less than a cappuccino. This week's game doesn't even cost that much, Professor. It's free. Yes, that's right, Brian. And that fact alone has made this game Marmite to reviewers across the land. Today, we're reviewing Angry Birds 2, which is the 12th or 13th game in the Angry Birds series. Whilst it may not be the sequential successor to the original game, it certainly is the spiritual and the titular successor. On the face of it, it's the same old bird-flinging fun as the original, but there are some tweaks and changes that have really helped to make it a better game, in my opinion. Rather than being a standalone event, each level now consists of several screens that you have to progress through. When you've cleared out all the porcine pests, you're rewarded with stars based on your score. In the original game, the best tactic was usually dictated by whichever bird you were served up first. And then, using more than one, or perhaps two birds, meant that your chances of getting three stars were almost impossible. As a result, what it distilled down to was a game of trial and error, with the only real skill being how quickly you could hit the reset button when you cocked it up. In Angry Birds 2, you actually get to select which bird you want to fling first. There's a selection of cards at the bottom of the screen, and you pick the bird that's most appropriate for the puzzle that confronts you. If the pigs are using a lot of ice in their construction, then the blue birds work best. If there's a lot of wood, then you want to go for the yellow ones. But if you just want to cause as much mayhem as possible, use the bomb bird. And it really does pay to cause as much mayhem as possible. By destroying things, you score more points. By scoring more points, you fill a meter in the top right-hand corner of the screen, and when you fill that meter, you get an extra card for an additional bird. So in Angry Birds 2, if I say it really does pay to play, I'm not just talking about the microtransactions. Suddenly, you become able to complete levels and achieve high scores, and and thus a three-star rank, even if you do cock up the first shot. This all ties in very nicely with the fact that the pig's fortifications are now procedurally generated. You'll also be familiar with the bird's abilities if you've played the earlier games, and there's a few more thrown in as well. But a new touch is the ability to level up your birds, which you can do by playing in an endless arena mode where the idea is to score the highest score possible using the birds available to you, and in that you can win feathers. Collect 100 feathers for a particular bird and it's level up time. Now I've been playing a little while and I'm tantalisingly close to levelling up a few of my birds, but I haven't actually done it yet. So if you know what the levelled up abilities are, perhaps you could drop us a line. You can tweet us at Prof and Brian. I found that the arena mode, where your aim is to get as high a score as you possibly can, was actually a really nice training ground for the main game. But it's not just about destroying the pig's structures, now you can use the environment against them. In the levels there are rockets you can set off, fans which will blow debris around, portals which will transport it from one location on the map to another, plants which will swallow up pigs, birds, or large pieces of construction material and spit them back out across the map. They're particularly effective when used with the large wrecking ball bird who looks like a reject from Resident Evil. You can also now select and use spells which will do things like blow up pigs, explore them, blow up pigs, 
As in, like, blow them up, like balloons. Or rain down a shower of ducks upon them. As in, ducks. To help combat your newfound ability, the pigs have got a few tricks up their sleeve as well. There are special weapons pigs who can turn your birds into an object as harmless as a fluffy teddy bear. There's golden pigs that will give you bonus points. Not really sure how that's an advantage to the pigs. Occasionally, one of them will spawn a hot air balloon and float off into the sky, which is really annoying. Finally, every five levels or so, there's a boss fight. Thankfully, they're nothing like Deus Ex, and we have seen these in earlier iterations of the Angry Birds series, so they're not too bad a surprise. When you take into account the selection of the birds, the procedural generation of the levels, and the environmental interaction, the best approach to play the game is that of a structural engineer. I don't think structural engineers play games, Professor. Survey the landscape, survey what birds you have available, exploit a weak point, and if you can use the environment to your advantage, all the better. But I wouldn't be doing my job properly if I didn't talk about the elephant in the room. Dumbo! Yes, the game features microtransactions, but to be honest, they're not as invasive as some other games. To enforce this system, the game has introduced a few bottlenecks. In the story mode, you now have five lives, and you lose a life when you fail a level. In the arena, you only get a free play every few hours. And you only get a handful of each of the spells that I talked about earlier when they're first introduced, so if you want any more of those, then you'll have to buy them. To buy extra lives, spells, or additional free plays in the arena, you have to spend gems. Well, actually, you don't have to spend gems. You can often just click to watch a video when you're connected to Wi-Fi. Regarding the gems, they're the only item in the game that you actually buy. Everything else is bought with them. And I have to say, the game's actually quite generous. When you sign in, you get a daily bonus of a few gems. There are daily challenges that you complete to get a handful of them. And if you connect to social media, you can also receive gifts of gems from friends that you'll pick up as you play. So, is it worth nothing, then, Professor? Well, do you know what, Brian? I don't think it is worth nothing. Certainly, Rovio are giving the game away for free in the hope that some people will pay money for virtual gems. And do you know what? Good on them. Everybody has to get paid. Microtransactions are a thing. They're not going anywhere now. We need to get used to them. Angry Birds 2 seems to do it right. They're there, but they're not really pushed in your face the whole time. Contrary to popular hysteria, I didn't really find them to be intrusive or game-breaking. One of the things I've complained about in the past is when microtransactions and crippling bottlenecks are added to paid-for games. Angry Birds 2 is free-to-play, and whilst there are bottlenecks, they're not game-breaking. It doesn't grind to a halt. I could often make it through a dozen levels before I ran out of lives. The original Angry Birds was a sensation. It was a paid-for game and it was hugely successful. And whilst it's cheap, I believe it's tier 1 on the App Store, which puts it at 79 pence, it does still feature small in-app purchases. The difference, and this is what seems to be dividing opinion, is that those are low-value in-app purchases, a maximum of £2.99. And admittedly, Angry Birds 2 does have packages of gems that are worth up to the value of £39.99. Still, the game is good, really good. And if you're a casual gamer who doesn't intend to spend hour-long sessions and has some self-restraint, I think you'll really enjoy this. Cost of a Coffee is a production of Codec Moments. If you want to get in touch with us, then tweet us at Prof and Brian or visit CodecMoments.com. See you next time. 
Can you suggest a game that costs less than a cappuccino? If so, contact at Prof and Brian on Twitter or email prof at codecmoments.com. If you enjoyed Cost of a Coffee, please leave us a review or comment and check out our other podcasts at codecmoments.com. Cost of a Coffee is a copyrighted production of Kodak Moments.